When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. And to my right, to my left, whichever I always, I can never tell. I'm looking at myself in a mirrored thing. And uh, to my side here is my mock draft. It looks the same, but it's different. And you can tell from the top that it's different because mine has Caleb Williams going number one overall. I also did the second round in this. So we'll spend a, we'll spend less time on the first round than we did on Steve's, but we'll spend a little bit more time on the second round. But yeah, so you can see here. Uh, yeah, quite a one on wide receivers different. there. Yeah, that, like that was about to say. So <laughs> Caleb Williams went number one. Drake May went number two. I think that's a lot more likely than Drake May going number one. I think if Drake May, I'm sorry, if Caleb Williams doesn't go number one, it's because the Bears are trading down, and whoever wanted Drake May traded up anyway. But the again, the Patriots don't take a quarterback at number three. So PFF Pro Football Focus does not love Jaden Daniels as much but they as they love uh, Mac Jones. Yes, they do love Mac Jones. And it, and it's interesting because, you know, maybe maybe there, you know, I, I do think that there is a there's a possibility that we in Louisiana are more in love with Jaden Daniels than than maybe the landscape at large. You know, obviously he is he won the Heisman. There's a lot of respect there, but maybe we are overvaluing Jaden Daniels. It's possible. You know, we've all kind of come to terms with the idea that he's going to be a top 3 pick, top 5 pick. Who knows? Maybe we're wrong and we're too close to the project, but going we'll forward. See. So like, like you mentioned in the top five of this draft, you see an immediate run on wide receivers. You see Malik neighbors go number three to the Patriots. The goes even higher in this draft. Number four <laughs> to the Cardinals. And then Marvin Harrison jr. Goes number five to the chargers. I don't think I've ever seen three wide receivers go off the board in the top five before. And I don't think you're going to see it this year. So I'm not, I'm not sure I, I buy this PFF mock draft. But I think it is interesting. Like, there are years you don't see a wide receiver go off the board until like the mid-20s. And clearly, there's a lot of love for these wide receivers. And I, I understand why. They're all very good. But I don't believe that this is considered like an elite wide receiver class like we've seen in the floor. That's the past. That's why I'm just surprised to see, especially right here, bam, 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 and the top five is pretty uh, pretty outlandish there, PFF. I'm curious. Well, I do think this – so this isn't – so I think a good year – 2022 was probably the best wide receiver class that I've ever seen, which is a year like Chris Olave, um, uh, Drake London, Jamison Williams, uh, you know, Jahan Dotson, a few other guys. You know, I think there was five wide receivers that came off the board in the first round. This isn't quite as good as that, but I do think this top three is as good as it gets. Um, I think Malik Neighbors is legit a top five caliber receiver. Um, I have again, I have questions about Ramadunze. We'll see. And Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think is you know he won the Blitnikoff. I think it's I think he's a good example of a guy again like Alad McConkie that we talked about. It's like is Marvin Harrison really that good, or is he just playing on Ohio, for Ohio State? 
You know, and and Malik Neighbors, I think I've seen him do it over multiple seasons. Marvin's been very good for a long time too, uh, but we'll see. I, I I just think every year it's like you need at least one Ohio State wide receiver in the top ten, uh, and and then he's it this year. I think he's going to be very very good, um, but I think to me the only the only legit top five wide receiver is Malik. But again, I'm a homer, so. No, I'm seeing this too. And right afterward, there's our boy Cooper DeGene again. And I, I gotta I gotta do some more scouting on Iowa football, clearly. Yeah, I didn't watch much Iowa. I need to talk to, <laughs> to Mike Triplett or uh Zach Jack Heflin to Iowa guys. Uh but no, I have heard about Cooper. Again, it's it's tough. And uh, but yeah, he top cornerback off the board is that's pretty impressive for anybody. Yeah. We'll see. And again, this is just like that's the problem with doing these early mock drafts is I just don't know enough about these guys. Like I maybe watched one Iowa game all year and I didn't stare at Cooper DeJean the whole time. And and defensive backs are tough because if you're really good, people don't throw at you. So you don't even get to see it uh, in a lot of instances. But um, Joe Alt again is the first tackle off the board. Uh, Brock Bowers falls here and the Falcons do another the insane thing end. again and take, <laughs> take another tight end rather than a quarterback. And if the only reason I think this is a possibility is because they've done it before <laughs> uh, with Kyle Pitts, but you know, maybe they want to do that dual tight end thing. I don't know. Uh, this this mock draft is kind of all over the place. I'm not I'm sure. I'm seeing I that. It. It's pretty wild. Uh, you know, And then you have uh, Dijon Newton going to number nine to the Bears. Nate Wiggins, cornerback from Clemson, going to the Jets at 10. Then finally, Ugh. the Vikings take Jaden Daniels at number 11. Man. Now I would be stunned if he got here, but if he got to eleven again, like I said, if he got to eight, I would be considering trading up to seven. If he's there at number ten, and the Jets aren't planning to pick a quarterback, man, hey, 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 Jets land, you want to, 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 you want to trade a trade, 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 trade back? You want to? You want to try? You want to see what happens? Yeah, Let's I would it. think definitely Mickey's picking up the phone for show. I mean, they do have uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's definitely going to play for for a long, long time. So uh, maybe they're just tired of drafting quarterbacks, and they're like, "We can't, uh, we can't do it again." <laughs> How many times? Um, Rodgers may last two games this this coming year. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's possible. But either way, this one's interesting because again, like you said last time, this time this draft has Bo Nix going at number twelve to the Broncos, right? Which you know maybe. I, it's really a question of who who Sean Payton loves, right? I yeah. could see them drafting a quarterback. I could see them drafting one of these two guys. If he drafts Michael Penix, or you know, they're both West Coast guys, so it's like they're in that general area. Maybe they uh, maybe they've gotten a good chance to really scout them closer than some other guys, and they and they like them. We'll see. But I also don't think Sean Payton has a great track record of drafting and developing quarterbacks. So hmm. yeah, we'll name see. one <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and then this is wow, where you know, it's interesting now. because you have all of these skill position players, you know, a cornerback, tight end, three wide receivers, uh, and and uh, Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix, which does that pushes down all of these tackles to right yeah. where you are. And so that allowed me to go get uh, Taliese Fuaga out of Oregon State. Now, you know, again, it's like this this early in the process, I don't really have a strong opinion between these three guys. There's three tackles in a row here. You have Alumiua, Fashanu, Talisi Fuaga, and J.C. Latham. The only one I'm sure I'm saying correctly is J.C. Latham. <laughs> uh, and 
I, I would be fine with it. Like to me, this is an idea pick. It's not necessarily, this is the for sure better option, right. but if I get to this point and I have two of the top four tackles available to me, I'm picking one of them. And I'm saying, thank you, John Payton for taking Bo Nix instead of a guy who's going to have to protect him. Thank you, Atlanta for taking a tight end instead of the offensive line or the quarterback. You know, thank you, Minnesota, for taking Jaden in 11. Like, like I'm just saying I desperately need an offensive tackle, and I get my pick of two of the top five on the board, and I'm happy about it. Uh, so that's that's why I went with that pick. It's kind of funny, too, in this mock, the guys with the two tough names to say are back-to-back again. Yes, yes. <laughs> I need to learn how to say Alumiwa, Alumiwa. Lumiwa. Sounds like you're doing it right. Yeah, I have no, but like Fush, Fush, Fashanu. Fush, yeah, I mean that should be pretty straightforward. Fashanu <laughs> or Fashanu. Um, we'll find out. This right. is uh, early in the process. We have to see how Bobby pronounces these names. Oh yeah. Um, all right, let's just go quickly through the rest of the first round. Jared okay. Verse. So Jared Verse was on the board, and I was tempted, but I just see the offensive tackle need as glaring. Yeah, and- I get it. You know, if, if you're in love with Jared Verse and you want to go with him, that's great. But I, you know, you can rush the passer all you want. If you can't protect your own, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> Khalid McKinstry to the Rams at 19. Terry and Arnold to the Steelers at 20. Chris My Braswell nice to the Dolphins. Alabama players. At 21. Yeah. Nice three Alabama players in a row here. Uh, Marius Mims tackle uh, goes to the Eagles. Braylon Trice, edge rusher, goes to the Texans. Kamari Lasseter goes to the Cowboys. Brian Thomas Jr., again, this is about the same, uh, to the Packers at 25. Troy Franklin, wide receiver, goes to the Bucks. There's Ennis Rakestra, goes to the Cardinals. Jordan Morgan, tackle, goes to the Bills at 28. Devontae Walker to the Chiefs at 29. Then a couple others, you know, no one super notable. Cameron Kitches, Graham Barr, and Joan Ellis off the board, final three. Um so, yeah, any any thoughts before we move on to the second round? No, just seeing here again, too, very tackle-heavy. Yes, yes. I mean, that's that's what you get. That's why, ta- that's why the tackle position is so hard to rebuild because it's so rare that you find a starting tackle in the on day two or three. Right. It's so difficult to do because there's only so many 315, 320-pound guys who can run around that exist, not just like that play the NFL that exist on the planet. Like there's just not that many of them. And when they, and when you find them, <laughs> you, you draft them early. Uh, so I just like, that's why I like, you know, I feel like you do, you maybe, maybe you do need to eat it at a piece of, uh, maybe you do need to add a piece at edge rusher, but I feel like I can do that in the second round. I don't feel like I can find a starting caliber offensive tackle in the second round. Um, maybe you trade back because there are a handful of these tackles. Maybe you f- have a really high grade on a Jordan Morgan at Arizona, right? Or, or but, Graham Barton. But Mickey even joked. Mickey and even joked. When the hell has he traded back? He ha- I don't think he ever has. I don't think he <laughs> ever has. Um, but you, it is interesting because you don't have a third round pick this year. And right. so maybe you do, if you can get an extra second or even a third, drop back a couple spots and still feel like you can get the value on a guy. I would love for the Saints to do that. I think they should do that, but I don't think they will. All right, let's uh, let's go over to the 
second round. Dun, 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 dun. I don't have the full second round here, but I have, you know, everything up to where the Saints pick. Right. Um, and so, you know, we talked about him. We talked about Lad McConkey. He goes off the board first to the Panthers, number 33 overall. He can learn at the feet of Adam Thielen. Um, <laughs> Leonard Taylor, Quinion Mitchell, Keon Coleman, uh, first four off the board. Safety, Tyler Newbin. And this is where, you know, when I talked about this, I think slot corner is a huge need for the Saints. I think you, I really want to see them go into this draft and just find, go 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 scout a guy who can play the slot and draft a guy who can play the slot like you did with CJ and make that his home. Make him own that position, right? Uh, and, and so that's what I'm looking at in this draft. That's what I want to do in this draft. It's still too early to really get an idea of who that might be. So I went with the obvious pick. But we'll go because so wide receiver Keon Coleman, Florida State. There are some interesting wide receiver options. Adonai Mitchell out of Texas goes to the Titans at 38. He might be a guy you're interested in. Michael Penix goes at 39 to the Giants. So if you are in love with Michael Penix, you maybe be able to get him in the second round. But that's right. that's a tough scenario. I don't know. Uh, Kalen King, cornerback out of Penn State, goes to the Commanders. You're getting close to your pick now. Another tackle goes to the Packers. Kiran Amagaji, Kalen Bullock, safety goes to the Vikings. J.J. McCarthy, another quarterback off the board. The Falcons prop finally picked their quarterback, and it's J.J. McCarthy. Good luck with that. Yeah, like you haven't learned your lesson with Desmond Ritter. Just like go draft a quarterback in the first round or stop talking to me about it. Um, <laughs> T.J. Tampa, a guy who I was interested in for the Saints, uh, although not a slot guy, goes off at 44. Yeah, but but I think you know it's it's is this is where you kind of ha- you're splitting the difference of college slot cornerbacks don't necessarily translate to NFL slot cornerbacks. Um, so I think a big part of this process in finding a slot corner is not necessarily going and finding the best college slot corner. It's finding the best corner who can play the slot. Yeah, uh, I understand. But for this pick, I am just. I'm just reaching for Mike Sandra still Michigan cornerback. He's won a ton of games. You've, you've seen him. He's played against the top competition, right? Uh, you know, and, and he's in, he's, he is a tried and true slot cornerback. I know like from an athletic perspective, it's tougher. He's a little small for, for a slot guy. You know, he can, he can move, but I don't know if he tackles in space well enough. He does cover. He can get upfield. He can blitz. Um, but he is like, if you're looking for the the prospects that have played slot corner and succeeded in the slot, he's probably the best guy. Now, PFF gave me an F on this pick because PFF has him rated around number 80. But I'm not I don't feel too bad about that because I'm pretty sure they gave me an F on Isaiah Foskey when I took him last year. And so now is that the right pick? I don't know. Are the Saints willing to reach for a guy in the second round that they think is a scheme fit and really like and has won a bunch of games? Yes. <laughs> you did it last year. So I, I feel I feel fine about that. Like, I don't think the... My issue is not like, oh, PFF isn't giving me a good grade. I think... And I think personally, that is one of the issues I have with mock drafts is that people try to get an A grade when PFF doesn't have any clue what they're talking about when it comes to individual teams. They're right. just grading based off their own board and whether you took a guy who they had seen as a higher Slide value. Right. Um, so like the, their grades don't really matter. They're just telling me that I picked Mike Sandra still about 40 picks earlier than they thought he should have been picked. But the Saints don't have a third rounder. 
So if you feel like this is a guy you really like, you, you don't have the luxury of saying like, well, maybe he's still there when we pick next time. Now you're not picking again until the fourth round unless you trade up. Now I will say they have probably two, two or three fifth round picks coming in the comp pick formula. They might have a fourth yeah. round pick if it goes a certain way, but you know, so you could potentially package a bunch of those. I wouldn't be surprised if they package those comp picks, maybe a future pick and try to move into the third round because, you know, we've seen the saints be very successful in the third round of drafts. Um, but I'm not, you know, we're not going down that road right here. So right here, I'm just picking the guy. I feel really good about playing in the slot and, and saying, good, this is, these are my two biggest needs. And I filled them. No, you mentioned the slot and obviously that's something I hope this team uh, is out to address because we've seen the experiment with Elante Taylor is just not happening. He's got to play outside. And then obviously that makes you wonder, are they going to move Marshawn Lattimore? Cause I don't think it's a Debo that's going to be hitting the road. So do you have now a Debo and Taylor on the outside? And then who knows, maybe you get some obviously draft picks for Lattimore. You wouldn't be getting him for this year. If you're trading Marshawn, it'll be after June 1st. Okay. Because you oh, would... cap hit? Yeah, it's just an easier scenario if you hold on to him. Let me... So, let me look it up really quick. I was going to say, that makes um, it really interesting, too, because you would figure folks on draft time would be interested in wheeling and dealing for him. Yeah, they would, but at the same time, you know, it's just it just doesn't make sense. It it would cost you thirty million dollars in dead cap to trade him prior to June first. Yeah, that that's not happening. Thirty million dollars. Yeah, that's not that's that's no drop in the bucket, obviously. No. <laughs> now, if you trade him after June first, your dead cap for twenty twenty four is thirteen million. And then you would have big dead cap hit coming in 2025. But you can stomach that a little bit more because it's not hitting you all this year until you can plan for it. And to me, that's the that's the most likely scenario. It does get a bit confusing with the option bonus, and you can trade that. And I do think it it dumps that number down a little bit. But you're taking, again, you're talking about a 28-year-old corner, and I think teams as they – you know, I think cornerback is going to be a position that starts to be – viewed from a financial perspective a lot more like the running back position where you're looking at guys who are about 28 29 and no longer seeing them as in their prime and like people are saying oh you're you have prime Marshawn Lattimore but 28 29 is where you start to see cornerbacks really start to flag not not, not as not as abruptly as running backs but you know, it's 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 noticeable, and Marshawn is still playing at a high level. But these last two years, you've got these injuries, and it's like, man, if you can, you've made, you've had to make do without him, and you've proven that you can. You played some of your best football the last the last year without him. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But one way or another, I want him to get better in the slot, and um, we'll see. But yeah, you're now trading a Debo. You're gonna extend a Debo. And so yeah. that's this is kind of where I'm approaching it with this. I'm kind of approaching this mock draft as, as expecting that they trade Marshawn. Now they might not. Yeah, and I think we kind of talked about it a little. There are maybe some in-house options like a Yadam or you know someone else that could end up filling that slot role. Yadam's not a slot corner. Um, Ugo maybe. Yeah, you might you, you might say, hey Tyron, we're gonna add a safety and have him more involved in the slot. I don't know, but 
I, again, my approach for this draft and why I went the way I did in this mock draft is because I'm, I miss CJ Gardner Johnson, right? A yeah, guy, for sure. You know, and, and it's funny because it's tough because you look at corners here and it's not always a corner that make the best slot corners. A lot of times it's safeties, which CJ Gardner Johnson yeah. is a safety. Exactly. But he never played safety. Hmm. He played slot corner. So, you know, it, safeties oftentimes are better tacklers, you know? So, like, that's a big part of the market that I have not really looked at closely yet. Um, so that could be another name. But I'm I'm going need in this draft. I, I get it. You want to go best player available, but sometimes need trumps value, in my opinion. Well, well and you mentioned with safety. To me, safety slash slot is definitely a need. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that'd be interesting, yeah, to delve into, you know, draft – you know, all the information and just see who could like trans who, who could make that shift from safety to the slot because that that does make a lot of sense, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And now it doesn't have to be a lunatic like CJ. <laughs> it would help. It maybe it does help. I guess you have to be kind of a crazy person to want to cover tight ends all day and uh you know run up and make tackles on two hundred and twenty pound running backs. No, and, and of course I'm not saying he did anything fantastic in that game, you know, the the divisional round game for Detroit, but guess what? Right place, right time kind of guy and was there for the interception. Of course it was CJ Gardner Johnson. And then he goes and taunts Baker Mayfield. You got to love it. That's <laughs> what so you got to do. You got to be that guy. Um, yeah. But man. all right, that's it. That's all I got here. Let's wrap up this podcast. I, every time I come on and say, let's keep it close <laughs> to 45 minutes this time. Cause that's what our goal is. Every time is 15 minute segments, but it always ends up being three we half some hour kind of alerts or alarms, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I'm never going to just stop talking when the time is up. It's a it's a gift and a curse. Um, but all right, thanks everyone who got all the way to the end. Appreciate it. Um, this is our initial mock draft. Again, like these are going to change significantly. It's kind of just a jumping off point. So we'll go from there. But this is 1.0. Thanks for everyone for listening. You know, as we go forward, obviously we got the Senior Bowl coming up next week. I'll be driving out on Tuesday. We'll record an episode on Monday, and I think that'll be a good day to kind of get into, you know, what what are some names to watch? What are some guys I'm looking at up there that particularly close to, you know, a couple of years ago it was Trevor Penning. And, uh, you know, like there's always going to be, you know, Isaiah Foskey was there last year. Um, there's always going to be guys. So there's a junior there that, for the first time this year now, right? I believe so. It's kind of weird, the senior bowl, but now juniors are allowed. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's just there's going to be so many. Bo Nix and Michael Penix are both there. Yeah, which you know, like I think this is a good year to really look at the quarterbacks because I think those guys are fringe. You know, like those are the guys that you could take a shot at. So legitimate like last possibilities year, without making a huge move, right? Last year there was no one. Last year it was <laughs> like, you know, Clayton Tune and Jake Hayner, I guess, was there, but like no one you're really looking oh, at closely. Oh, uh, Michael Pratt will be there. Michael Pratt will be there. Yeah, I am. You know, a lot of people are giving him like a second round grade, which wow, is surprising. Like I like Michael Pratt, but right. That seems a bit extreme as well, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. But the we'll QB see. market, as we know, from draft to the, uh, you know, salaries is ridiculous and unpredictable. Yeah. And I don't think we'll hear from Mickey this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Michael Parenton talks. It'll be interesting because okay. last year was Jeff Ireland, but I don't know, like, his who future. Maybe Jeff Jeff might have a new job by that point. Right. So who knows? We'll see. But dun, dun, dun. stay tuned. 
That'll be good. Yeah, I, I imagine Monday's episode will be going through like, oh, what's the, you know, have they hired an offensive coordinator? So we'll see. A lot of my plans get preempted by the Saints doing stuff. Yeah, hopefully we got something more to talk about too on that front. If if it's another interview or yeah, they they've you know narrowed it down and they've got their man in their sights. Right. But all right, thanks y'all again. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. Thanks everyone who hung out. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can hit up Steve at Steve Geller WWL. Is there anything anyone you want to look you want us to look at at the senior bowl let me know um you know it's good. so it's always it's always fun to just go through this list of names and be like well i think that guy's interesting i think that guy's interesting and then they just look like terrible uh, so just get ready for your peanut butter cup fix what does that mean reese's reese's oh, senior yes. bowl all the, all the peanut reese's butter cup you know i have never gotten a peanut butter cup at the senior bowl Oh man, I thought it was part of like the gift bag. I don't I've never gotten a gift bag. Dang, you got to go to the media center. Apparently. <laughs> I just hope it doesn't rain. Last year right. it was just raining the entire time. Or maybe not. Maybe was that last year? Maybe it was 2 years ago it was raining the entire time. I don't know. It's all blending together. We'll see. It is funny cuz the weather is so it's so di- like 2 years ago it was like freezing cold and then last year it was hot. Like I got a sunburn. And I remember the first day I brought a jacket assuming it would be cold and it was like 85 degrees and I was sweating. It's, you never know. It's the South, baby. No, you, you really don't know what you're going to get in the South with the weather. So, yeah, Godspeed and hopefully it's uh, good viewing because, yeah, nobody wants to be out there in the cold or the wet. Agreed. Cold sucks. Doesn't make sense. Why would you live in it? Nah. This is Inside Blackville. Thanks, everyone. Who dat? Boil your water, black and gold fan. Boil your water. Bye.